Welcome to the Business Herald podcast. The Business Herald is a weekly roundup of all of the top UK business news stories by email, social media, and this podcast. The podcast will feature some of the week's main stories, and we'll be joined by various business people on each episode to discuss the week's news and how it might impact a smaller business like yours. And hopefully we'll have some fun on a Friday too. I'm your host, Stephen Mather. I'm a lawyer for SMEs, and I help business owners sleep better at night by sorting their legal problems out. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Business Herald. So welcome along to the Budget 2021 special of the Business Herald podcast. It's episode 27. This week, I'm joined by three experts to discuss the budget and how it might affect your small business. Firstly up, Stephen Muggleston is a qualified account, a qualified chartered accountant. Don't forget the chartered and business advisor and part of an independent small firm, Michael Harwood & Co. He previously worked for many years with, large multinational, with a large multinational firm and went on to be a finance director of a public company and then became self-employed consultant before returning to practice. He now has a portfolio of SME clients and specialises in corporate finance. He's a Leicester City season ticket holder, director and trustee of Leicester, Leicester Riders Foundation and Arena. Next up is Neil Wattam. Neil is also a qualified chartered accountant. And yes, I know what you're thinking, two accountants and a lawyer. Wow, this will be a fun podcast. So Neil is now also an independent financial advisor and founder of Wattam Kirby Me, a wealth management firm established last year in Leicestershire. And our final guest is James Blacklaws. As a child, James probably wanted to be a defender for Norwich City FC. And if you thought two accountants and a lawyer was going to be boring, wait until you meet James. James is a regular guest on the podcast because of his knowledge of economics and experience with SME, SME clients in his time as a commercial manager at Lloyds Bank and now as a commercial mortgage broker with his own JB Commercial Finance. Welcome along, everybody. Good afternoon. This week um, was, was obviously the budget. The Chancellor Rishi Sunak presented his uh, budget on Wednesday, the 3rd of March, 2021. In his speech, he stated that the budget, quote, meets the moment with a three-part plan to protect the jobs and livelihoods of the British people. And as always with budgets, my opinion, there was smoke and mirrors, give with one hand and take with the other. So for instance, he told us that the spend on coronavirus has been huge, we all know that, but of course n- neglected to mention the huge spend of 37 billion on the completely useless and pointless track and chase app that was never used. That's, that's a billion more than we usually spend on defence spending, by the way. Um, he's, he claimed that tax is not rising and no one will pay more tax. Um, but with the freezing of tax bans, it adds somewhere between five and nine billion pounds in extra tax each year um, from individual taxpayers only over the next five years. And so I've put a, a full and detailed list of all the main budget points in this week's Business Herald newsletter, which if you're not signed up for, you should do at businessherald.co.uk. Um, but the first question to you guys is, how was it for you? Steve, I'll come to you first. What's your overall picture and view of the budget? How was it? I think I probably concur with you. It was um, lots of smoke and mirrors. I think it's um, a jigsaw puzzle. Um, There's more to come. Um, It's clearly trying to focus on business and promote investment this year into next year. Um, Throw out the corporation tax rises in the future. Um, but obviously the, the, the Conservative Party in the manifesto said they wouldn't touch income tax, VAT, national insurance, which is 50% of all taxes. Um, so it only leaves 
inheritance tax, capital gains tax, uh, duties and corporation tax to, to go with. Um, but I think on the grounds that um, it's about trying to promote business and boost the economy, it's only phase one to see what happens. Uh, but later this year and next year, there'll be other announcements and other changes. Um, the other taxes will be addressed. Um, and in particular, there is um, later this month, um, they call it tax day, is where they start consultation and disclosing all the other things that will be coming down the line. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's this part of a jigsaw puzzle. We just got to work out what the picture looks like. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've just been reminded of the, the film. I think it's called The Prestige, um, which is about magicians and the prestige in, in a magic show, as I understand it, is is the bit where you kind of you're not looking over here, you're looking over here. And this is where we do the actual magic over here. Yeah. Right. And that's that's pretty much what I think has happened. Um, so they, they've, they've set down, you know, look, oh, everyone's going to have to pay more tax. And we all know it. And that's been leaked. And there's been news articles over the last couple of months about it. And everyone is resigned to the fact, almost resigned to the fact that, yeah, look, we know we're going to have to pay more tax. He announces the, the increases for corporation tax, but that's deferred, um, not looking at it. But it's the things almost that he, he didn't announce um, at, at the budget that, uh, like you say, that still, um, still game for them. And one of the things that we found... And I think with this particular government, um, but, but perhaps just politics more recently, is that it, it always used to be the case that budget day was the day for announcing everything. This is where you know, all the new policies and new taxes came in. This is where it was all announced. But like you say, now they just they can they, they'll do that whenever they want at whatever point in time they want. So now the budget is for um, for him putting across his nice, glitzy, glossy, you know, pre-budget statement video that they spent money on and, you know, making a statement so that people hear what he wants them to hear. All the changes come at a later date. The, the phrase that is um, used by lots of commentators is that the, the, the devil is in the detail with the budget. Um, and what they really mean is we, we've not really found out what they're up to. Yeah. Something's mm. going to come, something's going to come later on in the line. And, uh, and then once we find out that, that's where we'll all be hit and damaged. Uh, James, what do you think? How was the budget for you? Well, I think as you've both alluded to so far, I mean, well, we've, got, we've got a Chancellor at the moment who's very aware of his public image and very aware of the way he's perceived. And certainly that's come across in his presentation of the budget, which has been a very, um, which has been generally well received by the public, I think, and by the media and has presented as a bit of a big success. But, the phrase I've used, and we, we've joked about it several times on this podcast, um, it, it, it continues to kick the can down the road. We have an extension of the furlough scheme till the end of September, which feels too long to me. We've got further loan schemes that have been announced, which is my sort of area of expertise, obviously, which, again, are going to push more debt onto small businesses. And um, the stamp duty threshold, obviously, is going to continue to say where it is or not say where it is, for, for another period of time. It just, it, it feels like we're just pushing more and more back. And there's a lot of rumours that there'll be a general election next year. Now with Boris Johnson's looking to scrap the, the fixed-term parliaments. And I can't help feel that, again, by delaying this increase in corporation tax in full till 2020, was it 2023, was it? 
it just feels like we're just pushing and pushing away problems which are going to engulf this economy, um, personally speaking. So we'll wait and see. And the, as always, the devil's in the detail. Speaking about it from a personal point of view and what impacts my business and my clients, the new government loan scheme, the recovery loan scheme is going to be very interesting to see how that works. It feels like it's a, a little bit of a, a combination of the current civils loan scheme plus the old historic banks EFG scheme, God bless it, mm. which caused a lot of headaches for guys like me over the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, it feels like it's somewhere in the middle, but the, the key thing will be who actually administers this scheme because the banks have to be on side with it and they have to have the processes in place to actually to actually deliver it. I'm not convinced that's the case at the moment. So we've got four weeks to sort it out effectively. So from a personal point of view, it's a wait and see situation. From a wider point of view, I can see why it's been positively received. I do think, though, that we are storing more difficulty for later down the line. Neil, what, um, what was your overall view of the budget? Probably echoing some of the points these guys have already made to a large degree. I mean, it's it's good to see there wasn't anything, you know, in terms of looking after personal client stat. There's nothing too excessive. There's no major changes from a personal perspective. There's more tweaks. Um, and perhaps you might, some people call them stealth changes, um, like in terms of the allowance freezes, et cetera. But um, arguably they're a little bit more, manageable um rather than here we've scrapped this or we've completely halved that or you know some more drastic thing that might have been dreamt up so i guess from that perspective that's kind of welcome um as a business owner one that's got ambitions the corporation tax rises uh, are less attractive clearly but equally um accepts that we've got to do our part to try and help so i guess yeah to a degree I agree with james of the is this enough yet? Probably not, but equally they don't want to scare everyone off. So, you know, want businesses to invest, to grow, to employ. So I I, I think it was reasonable um, is my take, but I guess as Stephen sort of alluded, there might be some more to come in very short order, maybe. Um, but uh, I think for now it is a reasonable first step. One of the things that um, I talked about on, on the podcast last week um, which I'm sure you all listened to, of course, was um, was actually I I think that the increase of corporation taxes is a, is, is a bad idea. It negatively um, affects when we're talking about wanting to create a, an economy where businesses are investing in in their business. Um, increasing um, corporation tax means that they can't because all of a sudden an extra five six percent has just been taken away from them in terms of what they can. Uh, add in now there's some um, some good news in the budget with the um with some of the capital allowances that's a bit technical but the super deduction um plan that they've proposed which is a you know 100 130 percent um write down uh, looks like that's a good idea and that will encourage businesses in the next 18 months i think it's 18 months maybe two years of um of actually investing in plant and machinery that's a good idea but um the the overarching question for me was there's a there's there's always complaints angled uh, aimed at these big organisations um, where they're rediverting um, profits and, and money overseas. They're based in Ireland. They're based in the Netherlands. Um, and 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 how do we compete with that? And, and Rishi's answer was, well, we're increased tax because it still makes us the lowest uh, in the G7, um, lowest corporation tax in the G7. It's like, yeah, but 
we're like the G7 is nothing. It's just an entity that's put together. We're in Europe and it doesn't make us the lowest in Europe. Like, so if we want, uh, if we want people to go, actually the UK is a great place to invest, then we should do it. And look at, look at Ireland as an example. I think it's 12.5% um, corporation tax there with all the reliefs, et cetera, on investments that the that, that people have companies have there as well. And for me, the, the increase of the corporation tax was just um, it's, it's saying one thing and doing the other, saying that we want businesses to, to invest, but actually then doing the other, which is contrary to that. And, um, and there's a report, the report in today's Times says this, and it's just reporting upon what the Office for Budget, Budget, Budget Responsibility says, which is there is an impact on increasing the uh, corporation tax to 25% because businesses will leave. Corporations will leave. Um, but as we know with, with, with all of this stuff, um, it's always the big boys that leave, the big boys that can afford to go and relocate and base in Ireland. And then us guys, small, medium enterprises that, you know, that can't, can't do that, that don't have that ability to have that kind of planning in place, we get lumbered with all the extra tax liability. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, um, Neil, you mentioned that, you know, the, the word stealth taxes, and it's exactly what it is. I mean, the, the freezing of personal allowances is, is a stealth tax. You know, it's going to add the, the report, the budget clearly says it's going to add an extra between five and nine billion pounds a year into the coffers. But, he, on, on, but then he says no one will pay more tax. Well, yeah, they will. And even, even, and, and I've never not seen this mentioned, but even in, in the increase to um, the, the national, the living wage, £8.91, I think, puts more people paying more tax because of the freezing of the tax thresholds. So to say that no one will pay more tax was just, it is, it is just pure spin and, uh, and lies. James, I can see you nodding away. Yeah, I mean, as, as we've alluded to here, it's about how you word things. And he's, he's correct in saying that you know, people won't pay more tax, but they, they will because they're earning more money. So by, by freezing the, the tax allowance, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a form of, it's a form of um, taxation through inflation, really, isn't it? And with, with an inflation limit, we, we anticipate inflation going up. Well, of course, that means that people you know, are going to pay more tax, albeit not directly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all we've used the term, at least two people have used the term smoke and mirrors, and that's exactly what it is. And it's slightly disingenuous, really, on one hand to say, you know, we, we're going to get the tax money in, but actually you're not going to be paying for it. Um, about the businesses, though, um, clearly, I, I think anyone with any common sense would agree with what you've just said there, Stephen, and that the figures in, that I believe the Chancellor said was that the increase in corporation tax, I'm paraphrasing slightly here, I think it's going to be worth about 17 billion a year extra. Well, that's, that's cloud cuckoo land, because if you can afford the best lawyers, the best accountants, um, you're not going to be paying a penny extra tax, I would imagine. So the big companies are still going to pay no tax, and it'll be those squeezed employers who are earning half a million pounds to five million pounds profit who actually provide this additional taxation money and they're the ones we need to encourage to employ new layers of staff new people enterprise new products and they're the ones that are gonna feel the burden 
of an extra 6% corporation tax. So it feels a little bit, a little bit headline, which is nice. We're going to tax big business, but actually you and I both know that ultimately the people who pay for this are probably going to be those nice businesses who are employing 100, 200 people actually who are going to be, had the difference made to them rather than the, the big multinationals. And, and, and of course the other thing that it's, it, it, it's one of those um, one of those phrases that sounds good to people that have no idea about how running a business works, because it for, to, to them looking at their tax and they're saying you know they might be you know just tipping into a higher rate taxpayer fifty grand a year they're doing all right and their 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 tax levels forty percent and they're going how can you have a company and only pay nineteen percent that's not fair completely failing to realise that nineteen percent is just a company tax and then you've got to take the money out to to pay you know yourself somehow that's either by salary and therefore you're going to be taxed at that level or by dividends and you're going to be taxed at a suitable similar kind of level as a an overall kind of net picture um and so it's 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 one of those things that in playing to the lowest common denominator almost say that we're going to tax the big boys looks looks kind of good you get the support of all those people that go yeah quite right they should pay money they're earning all that money they should pay it um but actually the 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 Joe Bloggs, as it were, that owns a company that runs a company that is employing people, the, the, the backbone of the, the UK economy being small businesses. They're the ones that, um, that suffer. Steve, I, I guess you'll have, um, you'll have plenty of clients over the, the, the course of the next year um, trying to work out how they can get their company corporation profits to less than £50,000 being <laughs> the new well, level. That, that's the difficult one because... Um... We've had the small rate and the marginal rate before. Um, and what it, what it actually means is, yeah, the, the up to 50,000 stick within the 19%. But then the in-between bit between the small rate and the, and the, the full fat 25% is actually at a higher rate because it's sliding up to get to that 25%. So the bit in the middle, you can be taxed at 26, 26.5%. So... Again, you you refer to the, like the stealth idea, and that, that that's exactly what's happening there. Um, you know, it's uh, okay, small company, less than fifty grand, nothing changes. But if you make seventy five grand, a hundred grand, one hundred and fifty grand, you are going to be taxed at the high at a higher rate. Quite, know, quite, and, quite, quite a bit more actually, and it and it, mm. and it adds up. But the other thing that I thought about, and I haven't I haven't fully worked through this um, this argument at all or, or looked at any of the figures. But with the changes in, and I don't want to get too technical on this call, um, but with the changes in um, in the IR35 off, off payroll um, workers, a lot of those companies where they're on £50,000 profit anyway, are quite likely to be contractors that are going to be caught by that anyway. And so I, I, I'm almost sensed of course, there's some small businesses that, you know, where they, they might be doing 50 grand and, you know, and, and that's that's it. But there's a lot of those those businesses at that level that are probably going to fall foul of the contractor rules anyway. And the, and the government clearly wants to move them to being employees anyway. So, again, it's, it almost felt like a, it don't worry if you're a small, you know, if you're a small company, you're only making 50 grand, 50 grand a year or less. You know, we're going to keep you at 19%. But the reality of it is, it's like, we're not going to keep you at that. We're going to move you across to being an employee and we're going to charge you 40, 45% or 40%. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I, 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 what, what's, what's, what I'm finding interesting is this, like, I, I obviously, I, 
I've watched the budget. I've watched the budget every year that I can remember since being an adult because I'm a geek like that. And um, and and nothing much changes. But no one ever talks about it. No one ever says what I'm saying now. All the press and the news they just report upon it factually. But uh, I I never see anybody really saying like what I'm saying now, which is it's smoke and mirrors. And 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 I'm glad that I now have an opportunity, and you guys have an opportunity. And the public has a bit of an opportunity in um, in doing this kind of thing to to say, well, hang on a minute, we know what you're up to. <laughs> we we well, know we, what well, you know what you're up to. Yeah, go on. Nick. On on that, I mean, we've been sitting as as you mentioned earlier. We're a relatively new business, but we've got decent aspirations, and we've you know sat down doing our five, ten longer period planning. And this has an effect. Um, you know, we started business, had a really good start, and those aspirations would mean that we are in the, the position of paying more corporation tax. Don't mind paying tax, happy to pay the tax that's appropriate, but this has an effect. And I don't know what that is quite yet, um, but nonetheless, it will do something. Um, whether that scales back our aspirations, maybe not, but it might affect how we get there and what we do to get there. So, um, yeah, it, it's whether Rishi thought of what we might do as an impact, probably not. But as you said, the IR35 will undoubtedly mean there are less corporations technically out there paying that potential 25% tax. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? Uh, well, it's it's worth sort of <laughs> reminding everybody that... Um, Yes, the, the, the big incentives in the budget are about investment and capital allowances and research and development and, and all the advancements there, um, which obviously massive impact, uh, improvements to manufacturing and uh, businesses. But we still, our economy is 80% service business. So, you know, a service uh, company isn't going to be take, you know, apart from having a, perhaps an electric car, uh, things like that, you, you, you know, the, the, there is very little uh, else uh, for those kind of incentives there. Um, so, you, yeah, the service businesses that make profits, that are growing, they're going to be paying higher tax. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's, it's basically only Apple that benefit from that in the service industry because we all just go, well, we'll buy a new Apple MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only, only place we're going to spend our money. We might as well get the top one and go, on, go, on, go for it. He's given us some allowances for it. It's, um, yeah, it's fine. Um, James, you, you talked about um, the, the extension of furlough, um, and that's until September, which is obviously beyond the, the June um, roadmap, July roadmap um, date. And, and they've obviously covered that off by saying, you know, well, look, we, we're here to protect jobs and make sure, um, you know, jobs are safe. My view uh, on it was that the furlough scheme has been absolutely fantastic. It's cost us an absolute fortune and loads more than any other European country uh, scheme has. Um, but it has been great. But I have two, uh, two major concerns. And it's one. It's number one is this people that have been on furlough for effectively a year now um, are going to find it incredibly difficult to get back into the workplace. And, and, I, and I say that um, not to have a, a go or a dig, it's not their fault necessarily that they've been on furlough, but I know from my, my job side of things and dealing with people that are on long-term sick um, leave, of actually getting someone back into the workplace when they've had a year out is really difficult um, because you, you, no offense to the people that are furloughed at the moment, but 
they're used to kind of not getting up at six o'clock in the morning. They're used to getting up at eight or nine o'clock in the morning and, and then kind of doing what they want and, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's difficult to get back into the, um, the regime of work. So no, that was number one. It's difficult for people to get back into work. Number two is that there's still something like 4 million people that are on the furlough scheme. Now, while many of those are in hospitality and, and, and those kind of industries that are, are closed and therefore they will have jobs to go back to, there's an inevitability that there's, there's, there's people that are furloughed at the moment that don't have a job to go back to. And my concern is that um, the, there's employers, particularly smaller employers, looking at the, 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 the um, looking at going, we don't need this person anymore. We don't need these people anymore but not necessarily being able to afford the, the, the redundancy pay, because if you've employed somebody for more than a few years, the redundancy pay is going to be a few thousand pounds upwards, maybe up to 15,000 pounds. And to take that hit on, you know, you might have a couple of employees that you're looking at making redundant. That is a big hit. And that's going to be a real difficult one. So we talked about on the podcast, kicking the can down the road, all of the things that have, have been put in place to help businesses can also be a, a, a hinder to them. And I can envisage a situation where lots of businesses are going to get to the point going, we need to make redundancies, we just can't afford it. And, and I was kind of half, half hoping that the Chancellor would announce something like that, a little bit pessimistic, so I can understand why he didn't. But James, what, what do you think? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Like the furlough scheme was um, an absolute lifesaver for a lot of small businesses when it was first introduced. And I don't think there's any doubt that initially a scheme like that was... Um, it was very innovative, it was um, very interesting, and it was very successful. But the fact now that you can have someone who, by the end of September, will have been on a formal furlough for the thick end of 18 months does feel slightly farcical. Um, if a business, no matter what's happened, it can function without that person, then they're probably not going to want them back in September. So I do envisage a considerable amount of redundancies in that time. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're going to see a spike in Q4 um, this year. With regard to getting people back to work, well, clear, clearly there's a, a relatively set pattern for that because we have a lot of people take 12 months maternity leave at this moment in time. Um, and uh, and we, we don't usually sort of have the same um, conversation when it comes to, to ladies coming back after 12-month maternity leave. So it's, it's something we've, that's been tackled by business in the past. So my advice to businesses would make sure make sure you've got your risk assessment straight so anyone who's struggling to come back from work who's suffering from mental health issues struggling from the complexity of coming back and balancing it with a new family life and new added complications make sure you cover yourself as a small business that you treat these people correctly fairly and document everything uh, I, can, I can see there being lots of phased returns I can see people coming back on a part-time basis with a view to coming back full-time down the line um, and I think there'll be a lot more flexible working. So if you don't need necessarily a full-time member of staff now, we talked about hospitality. A lot of pubs, unfortunately, are shutting down um, shutting down um, freeholds or they're reducing the amount of leasehold properties they've got, whatever it may be. This kind of employment might not be available, but reduced hours maybe. So they may come back on zero-hour contracts, et cetera. So I think there'll be more flexibility in the workplace, but I think that the short-term issue for the economy is going to be those 4 million people, as you correctly say, are still on a former furlough, because I'd be very, very doubtful that more than half those jobs will be waiting for them when they actually come back. And that's a major concern for UK PLC. 
Yeah, and 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 what do we do about that? That's the thing. It's like you know, economy well, goes. Up. I mean, in the budget, actually, he announced, um, you know, the 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 expectation of um, unemployment previously was going to be that eleven point nine percent of people would be unemployed. That's dropped dropped down, and they think the worst case scenario is is going to top out about seven percent. I think next year. Um, so that they they anticipate that it is going to be better than what they first uh, first thought. Um, but it still seems to me like what what is potentially missing here and the key to this is getting those people back into the into the job market now there's a there's a great scheme with the kind of the apprenticeship scheme for um i think it's under 24s if you're on universal credit the, the employer is now going to get according to uh, Richie, they're going to get three thousand pounds to take on apprenticeships and uh, which is which is a really good incentive actually yeah that is you know for for, for many smaller businesses that's a good incentive um, but there needs to be more, and the the, the whole. Um, you remember the the um, middle of last year where the the government got um, scolded for putting out an advert that said had a ballerina, I think it was, and said that she might need to train into cyber, or something like that. Um, and they and they got uh, they got ridiculed for that ad. But the the fact what what that was trying to show and demonstrate is that actually just because you've been doing job X you know, for the last couple of years doesn't mean that you can't do job Y. But there needs to be some funding and training uh, put in place to allow people to uh, to, to change, if, if you ask me. Um, Steve, they, they, there's, there was some good things that came out in the in the budget, um, uh, but they all seem to be aimed at people with, like, like previous um, grants, aimed at people with property. You know, so there's some restart grants available if you've got property, six thousand pounds, eighteen thousand if you've got a gym of a certain size. Um, was it when we've gone from um, a position where we've had four million people in the UK that's been quote excluded hashtag excluded UK? Um, is just providing grants to people that have property still missing out the you know the, the people that don't have property you know the, the people that are running a business that actually could still do with some restart help but missing them out do you think that's a, a missed opportunity there uh yes um i mean on that excluded number i think there was probably something like six hundred thousand um self-employed people that uh, were newly self-employed that that um are now part of the, you know, the SCI, the self-employment grant scheme, um, because they filed a tax return for, for, for the, in January. Um, but there's still something like two and a half million that are the, you know, director, shareholder, uh, that, are, that are still classed as excluded, that, that are not, they don't have a property, they, they don't pay rates, business rates. Um, so there, there is still very little. Um, and it, I think if you, if you read social media and whatever, there's been a, you know, a, a, a quite a concerted campaign, but it, I think the government have put the fingers in their ears about it um, still. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So, so two points there. So the what I find quite funny about the, um, so they say uh, 600,000 um, more people are going to be able to claim the self-employed, the SEISS -E scheme um, on the fifth, fourth and fifth payments, 80% of your profits because you'd have filed a tax return last year. Like, well, great. If you were a new business last year, <clears throat> if you're a new business last year and you were struggling because of the, the, the coronavirus impact, like 80% of diddly squat is not much. 
Um, mm. So, like you know, that's that's almost kind of saying here's some bread and water and go and live on that. It's um it's it's not much for many people that have really struggled. Um yeah, definitely. Um and, and I think you're right. The government has I, I had on the, the the podcast last week um one of the specials I did was Paul Scully MP, he's a um, MP responsible for small businesses. And I asked him the question about you know um cracking the the the, the, the gaps appearing. And he's basically uh, his answer was um it's inevitable that there's going to be gaps um, because we, you know, we rolled everything out so quickly and um, you know, it was so innovative and, you know, and good. And we just had to use what we had to use, which was the, you know, the systems that were in place. So we could do it on furlough because we had PAYE data. We could do it on self-employed because we had tax return data um, and, the, and, and almost like, well, there are gaps in, in between. And I, I don't really understand that line of thinking because it's specifically just excluding directors taking um, drawings because they could easily demonstrate from their personal tax returns how much they how much they had, and if they don't have that anymore, then then great. Um, the flip side of all of that is I, I've seen a lot of criticism of self-employed um, people that are having getting their eighty percent grant and still working um, because there, there there doesn't appear to be any um, you know any any kind of stop on that. Although one thing that um, I did note that was mentioned in the budget is um, uh, Rishi announcing a, a thousand new jobs at HMRC to do a, a crackdown on on fraud. Um, and James, we we've talked about that in the past on on like bounce back loan type you know type fraud and furlough fraud. That's that's um, talk of you know the kind of the, the smoking. That's where they're going to get them a lot of money back, isn't it? By kind of attacking you know the people that have claimed inadvertently, incorrectly, or purposely incorrectly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the figure of a hundred million to actually chase fraud has um, been been announced, and um, we don't know at this stage how that will be distributed. Whether it will be predominantly focused on furlough, on grants, or by some of the bounce back loan schemes, um, frauds, because the figures are are quite phenomenal um, involved in in this, and I, I dare say they run well well, well into the billions. Um, and you're absolutely right. That's going to be a constant source of income for the government for the next five years, I would imagine, investigating mm. fraud. Of course, if they'd been able to put correct systems in place in the first place, it probably wouldn't be such an issue. But that's um, that's probably another conversation for another day. But certainly that's going to be a way of, of chasing this deficit. It's, it's sort of posthumously sort of claiming it, if you like, really, after it's actually been, been released in the first place and issuing the relevant fines. So they obviously can't go and um, mention that in the budget as a as a, as a as an income because it will be revealing it wasn't done correctly in the first place. But I don't think there's any doubt it will have billions of pounds to HMRC's coffers each year for the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, do you do you see that as being a, a bit of an issue for businesses moving forward over the next 12, 18, 24 months? Yeah, it's the task force has identified the first number is three and a half billion of COVID-related fraud. Um, so it is quite a big number. And yes, you do hear that people have carried, are working, self-employed and claiming the grant. Um, the, the issue that the government did with particularly the self-employed grant is that it was, um, it, it missed out the accountant. It, it, it really was the individual straight to HMRC, um, which HMRC wanted to do. Um, some of our clients um, were on the phone and asked us to check 
calculations, etc. But but very much it was uh, a direct relationship between the self-employed and the government without without the agents in between. Um, and there lies possibly some of the uh, the issues that that, that 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 have coming about. Um, but yeah, there is a big number out there. Um, but equally, there was a big number of uh, excluded as well, which uh, doesn't two wrongs don't make a right. But uh, it, it, it is quite it is quite remarkable that one one part of the coin would miss out two and a half to three million people, and equally there is uh, potentially three and a half billion pound of fraud out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the, the the other things that's uh, that has been picked up today it's on the on the bbc actually which is surprising for them to be uh, actual journalists um but uh, one other thing that they've they've picked up is the the announcement there was an announcement last year a scheme for um for, for green homes a 1.5 billion uh, pound scheme for to allow homeowners to um to to invest in um insulating their their loft and putting in you know heat source pumps that kind of thing 1.5 billion the scheme runs out in March, the end of this month. Chancellor didn't extend it. And, uh, and apparently only 6% of the cash has been handed out. So it's, it's one of those schemes that when announced sounds brilliant, like oh, fantastic, 1.5 billion into green projects, amazing. The reality is a lot different. And, I, and, um, and so in the budget, they announced this, uh, this new infrastructure bank that's, been, uh, that's gonna be um, operated out of Leeds, I think he said. Um, it's going to be capitalised. It's looking at lending forty billion pounds, mainly in in green projects. Neil, I know that uh, that you're not necessarily an expert in uh, in green project funding at all. But do you think? Do you see that this is 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 perhaps just one of those things that again sounds good, but the reality will be different? Fear that's the case. I mean, and on that point, into the the personal green side, it certainly caught my attention. Um, when it was announced, but it did seem that it was just a bit too hard. Mm, and, yeah. you know, if you make things easy and simple, I don't know, go down to B&Q and you'll get something for free for insulation or something. I, you know, something simple. People will do it. I've got to fill in some forms. I've got to go through some hoops. Oh, it's a bit hard. Yeah. Um, use use approved contractors that are in Worcester or something like that. Yeah. There's no one local. Um, you know, they'll come out and do this, that and the other. And, yeah, it's 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 not an easy scheme, and and those schemes ran in the past about the, you know different things have inevitably been cheaper to buy it yourself rather than go through the scheme because the contractors um, go oh you want your house insulating yeah it's twelve thousand pounds when it's normally two thousand um, because yeah. they're getting funded from the government. Yeah, I, I guess you know for me if rather than perhaps doing it that way, if you can do some um, effectively broader infrastructure as in government pushed government funded as this is uh you know i don't know more wind turbines just whatever um but you know proactive as opposed to essentially sitting back and going hey there's some money here and it doesn't get claimed hmm. yeah yeah so there we go that's that's our view on the budget <laughs> Um, I think safe to say the summary of it all is that there's, there's, um, there is some smoke and mirrors happening. There's a little bit of kicking the can down the road. Um, if I could think of a cliche, another cliche to add in, I'd add that in as well, but I can't off the top of my head. 
Um, but the, rea- the, the reality of it is they've, they've drip fed, spoon fed and drip fed is the, the uh, almost promise of increased taxes. The reality of it is that's coming. It's just not so in your face as the, 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 the top line of income tax VAT isn't changing. Um, but everything else will change. Everything else will shift. Um, one of the things, like obviously he didn't mention, um, but Keir Starmer mentioned, like ta- um, council tax rises. The government have approved council tax rises, and it's like the, the biggest rises that we're going to see, um, you know, of the last ten years. Um, and that impacts people's, you know, money that they've got at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, overall, we'll see how it all pans out. Guys, was there any? Um, did anything else happen this week? Because <laughs> because uh, everything, uh, as far as I can see, was just about the budget. Has there been any other news stories, business or otherwise, that kind of caught your eye, caught your attention, that you thought would be worthwhile talking about? Or should I just build in that silence? There's only been one gig in town, hasn't there, this week, really, let's face it. Well, that and, um, and, and, and conveniently, on the day where everyone's attention is looking at the budget, Nicola Sturgeon being interviewed and cross-examined um, up in Scotland about her involvement over the Alex Summond uh, debacle. Um, but that kind of went under the radar, I think, for most people because it's budget day. Like, um, you know, interestingly, interestingly, it seems like she's going to be able to survive and, and not have to resign. And quite clearly, she should have to resign. That's my publicly stated opinion here on the Business Herald podcast. And so sue me. Um, Guys, thank you very much for joining me on this week's podcast. Um, it's been good to go through some of the detail about um, about the budget. As I said, for the people that are listening at home, I've put in the uh, the weekly email free newsletter that I send out each Friday. Um, all of the details um, from uh, from the budget, which I uh, I took completely and wholly without permission from Mr. Middleston's um, firm's website, Michael Harwood. Um, it's got a very good guide on, on all of the budget stuff on there. So it's pretty much robbed from there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, very useful information on it. So uh, if you don't subscribe to that email, check that out, www.businessherald.co.uk. Meanwhile, thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which will come out on Friday. Thanks very much. Goodbye. that james what have you got in your sandwich mate just cheese grated cheese just grated cheese no 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 brown sauce for that mm. you animal why why would somebody just have grated cheese cheese, a little bit of butter unbelievable mm. i've got a mcdonald's on the way if that helps oh. yeah um, what have you ordered well, uh, my my fam, my kids, because they're going back to school, they're coming in to see the office because they're never see, not seen it yet. So there's a order of happy meals and the like. Um, so yeah, so you've not got a happy meal, have you? I I've had two happy. No, I haven't. Um, I normally do six happy meals. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to keep me happy. <laughs>